Everything you're about to hear should be taken as 100% fact. Do you take your tea dark or milky? You're tuned in to Lightning Strike. I'm not referring when I say milky to the fact that you have no pigmentation. Hosted by Mo Lightning. Mo Lightning. You're not a dictator. You're just a dick. Audio.com. It really is amazing how quickly plans can change. Thanks for checking out Wrestling Audio. I am Mo Lightning. This is, as you heard, the Lightning Strike, which if you're new to Wrestling Audio or new-ish, maybe you just need a reminder, the Lightning Strike is me and only me. No co-host this time around, even though that was originally the plan. Uh, earlier this week, it was supposed to be myself and Greg the Sound Guy doing the big show, which is uh, news, rumors, headlines, and pay-per-view fun facts, and general KFC talk. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Chicken Talk. And then it was supposed to be myself and Balls hosting The Low Blow, which would be a Raw recap, SmackDown recap, and whatever else is on our minds. And then those shows were combined into what we call the Triple Threat Show. So right here, right now, was supposed to be the Triple Threat Show with myself, Greg, and Balls. Uh, Talking a little bit of all of the above, uh, but unfortunately one host had a bit of a family emergency. The other host felt like he got hit by a truck. And uh, is going to need probably a couple days to recover. So it's me and only me this time around. I uh, I apologize in advance. I'm so sorry. But you can hit me up uh, for for any time, any reason, really, at Mo Lightning on Twitter or Instagram. Facebook.com slash please like Mo. At Wrestling Audio on all of the hot spots. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Smoke signals at Wrestling Audio. Uh, interact with us. Let us know what you thought. Uh, agree, disagree, or maybe something I just left out. Of course, can't cover everything here on the show today, but I do have a raw recap, which we'll get to uh, in just a few moments. Also going to have three headlines, three news stories that uh, I think is worth talking about, worth pointing out, just in case you don't read the dirt sheets, as they're called, uh, and you may not know what's going on. There's some stuff that I think is is good to pay attention to, so we'll get to all of that. Thank you to everybody who has ordered the Wrestling Audio shirts through the Wrestling Audio store on Amazon. Uh, we, of course, added two new ones recently. The MoFo, the, the Mo Follower shirt that I've been talking about for, God, 10 years now? Finally made that a reality and then Balls with his own shirt, the Great Balls of Fire, named after the poorly named WWE pay-per-view. Both of those skyrocketed already uh, with Wrestling Audio light-colored shirt. Uh, that is the number one seller for us, with MoFo being number two and Balls, uh, Great Balls of Fire already number three. So, uh, your love of the new shirts, thank you for ordering that. Again, we put them at Amazon minimum pricing, and, and we did so not to make any profit on our end. We, we really make minimum profit like seriously less than a dollar a shirt is what we make we just want to get the logos out there if you enjoy the shows awesome you know put the logo out there so maybe at a wrestling event at a wwe house show or ring of honor event or wherever you may be if you wear wrestling audio shirt or a mofo shirt or balls whatever somebody asks hey what what's that on your shirt boom you just helped us advertise, and we cannot thank you enough for that. So uh, check that out, and if you do have some money burning a hole in your pocket here as we ride the road to WrestleMania, we do have a Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash wrestlingaudio, where there is exclusive content that you're not going to get anywhere else, including shows, including podcasts. So uh, if you want to help 
support some small podcasts, that would be great. Right now, we're making enough to, to cover the bandwidth uh, and some of the equipment costs for the site on a month-to-month basis, which is, again, outstanding. Thank you sincerely for uh, for all of your help and support. If you don't want to do any of that and you just want to listen to the show, well, let's get to it. We'll start with your Raw Recap. And they wanted to go out on their own terms, not like this. The highs and lows of Monday night. A magic killer through the it's time for your Raw Recap. Six highs, six lows for a three-hour program. Yes, I did watch WWE Fastlane, but no, I did not expect to have ample amount of time to be able to talk all these shows with all of the other regularly scheduled segments we have on these podcasts. I did know that the podcasts weren't going to happen Fastlane, uh, so Fastlane's not going to get an official recap, unfortunately, but all in all, I thought the show was... I mean, that's, that's, that's an official term. That is a technical, professional term. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the cracks in the voice and all is a part of it. Uh, I thought the opening match, Shinsuke and Rusev, was great. I thought the main event with uh, AJ retaining over the other 15 or 16, con- 16 competitors. I don't know how many there were. There's a lot of them. Uh, I, I thought those, the, uh, the, the caps on this show, the end caps, were great. But uh, everything between debatable. I mean, New Day Usos weren't bad, but even then, that wasn't quite up to the par uh, that they've ex- they've set for themselves o- over the last couple of months, year or so. Uh, and a lot of the other matches just really kind of dragged on. I know a lot of people really thought Ruby Wright and Charlotte was good. I don't know. I, I-, I just couldn't buy that much offense from Ruby Wright. We're going to go from Asuka, who's dominating, uh, taking on Charlotte, right after Charlotte has problem putting away a rookie. I don't know. I thought Ruby Wright got a little bit too much, but that's also what happens when you put together a pay-per-view a month before WrestleMania that has no direction whatsoever. So they needed to fill some time. They needed to stretch. And I I really felt that was the case. Nothing against Ruby. I do respect her. But for her to be able to go toe-to-toe that well with the champion who now is expected to go toe-to-toe with the undefeated Asuka, I don't know. I I disagree with that booking there. Uh, The Bludgeon Brothers look good. Xavier Woods, I'm still hurting for you, brother. Uh, The way he got slammed onto those stairs. So there was definitely good fast lane highlights. But all in all, uh, the show was lackluster. It it was, uh, we knew it was going to be. We really did. A month before WrestleMania, most of the cards already set. We were just wondering how they were going to get from point A to point B. And now we're there. Now we can... Never talk about Fastlane again. So Monday Night Raw, it is the official road to WrestleMania. That's what I call it. Because now there's no pay-per-views in the way. There's no distractions. It's literally time to sell WrestleMania. You don't need to sell WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania. Well, now it's time to convince us some of these feuds don't suck. We'll start with the highlight list because the low light's typically more fun to talk about. Uh, And this is in no order, by the way. So if you didn't watch Raw, you're probably not going to get the all-encompassing recap of what happened. This is just highlights and lowlights as I watch the show. Number six highlight, even announced in his hometown of Detroit, I appreciate a notable portion of the crowd booing the Kid Rock Hall of Fame announcement. Even in his hometown. Uh, some of the wrestling fans are like, uh, yeah, Kid Rock. Cannot wait for next year's celebrity induction. Uh, the state of Florida. Or, excuse me, excuse me. The state of Flo Rida. Yeah. Um, it'll be the first state inducted into the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, with New York probably getting in the year after that. 
New York's got some fat beats, yo. Number five highlight, scripted reality. Uh, Brock Lesnar's contract. Using that, WWE using that to further the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar situation. Cena calling out The Undertaker for a lot of internet rumors that we've heard year after year. It's, it's good. It's smart. It's working. It would be higher on my highlight list if it wasn't working so well on adults that should know better. It's really good. It really is getting people to cheer Roman and Cena. Now, is it over the top cheers? No, of course not. Those ovations are not radically changed. But notably enough that when Roman comes out, he's not as booed out of the building. And that's because of this. Oh, Roman calls it like it is. Yeah, oh, I hate Brock. Brock's a part-timer. And really just feeding off of, of internet hatred and fan hatred, which is neither right nor wrong. That's that's not the debate here. But the fact that WWE is able to manipulate us so well, it's impressive. It's on the highlight list. But there are some people I just wonder, like, whoa, whoa, are you, do you not realize what they're doing? You're, you're being suckered right into it. And maybe that's a good thing. Again, it's on the highlight list for a reason. Number four highlight from Monday Night Raw, the coach. The coach is able to, I guess, keep Corey Graves, fellow announcer Corey Graves, uh, on, on a leash. Like, he keeps them down in a way that makes it tolerable to be able to listen to the three of them on Raw, as opposed to Fastlane, where it's the Corey Graves show. And Corey Graves just running all over, stomping holes in Byron Saxton. And Byron, I don't know if he's told not to fight back, if he can't fight back, doesn't want to fight back, or doesn't think he should fight back. But Fastlane was distractingly bad commentary, uh, because it's just Corey Graves over the top of his opinions, which I don't mind a typical antagonist, antagonistic announcer, uh, being louder and angrier. I don't mind that, but Corey has been let off that leash, I guess, lately, and it's been distracting. And he just absolutely buries Byron Saxton, which I don't see how that really helps the action in the ring. When Corey Graves is making fun of Byron Saxton during the Charlotte Ruby Riot match, how does that help Charlotte or Ruby Riot? I, I don't get it. I, I'm all for everybody being a personality in pro wrestling, even the the referees and and everybody. The more recognizable everybody is, the better it is. But I, I think Corey needs to, to to tone it down a little bit. And on Raw, he does because the coach is able to fire back. It's it doesn't come across as uh, sarcastic doesn't come across as bitter. It just comes across as coach being an equal. And I don't know if coach is a good guy or bad guy or neither. None of the above at the announce table. But Corey can be a little over the top and coach can just go toe to toe with him. And that makes it much easier to listen to. And I'm very thankful the coach is around because if had that still been Booker T in that spot there. Booker, he fights back a little bit. We heard that at the end. He fights back a little bit, but then he's like, eh, whatever. But Coach, he goes. He's an ESPN boy. He can go. He can go toe-to-toe. So uh, I-, I like that the coach is there. If for no other reason, keeps keeps uh, uh, Corey Graves down a little bit. Number three highlight from Monday Night Raw, The Miz and his giddiness when his plan to get Balor versus Rollins actually worked. When Finn Balor is issuing that challenge. Whoa, we don't need to fight. We don't need to wait till WrestleMania. We do it right now, or whatever he says in his weird accent. Uh, you see the Miz's face 
he is so giddy, so happy, fat kid in the candy store happy. It's like you could just see the 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 Grinch smile slowly creep onto his face, and then when they both turn to him and start kicking his ass, then you know the elation turning to fear is, is another highlight in itself. But uh, the, the segment wasn't bad. I like that Ms. TV was him trying to pit the two against each other. They both realize it, yet somehow the Miz pit the two against each other by the end. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's it's why the Miz is such a strong character. And even if you hate the Miz, it's little things like this that then you're going to appreciate when Miz gets his ass kicked, either in a few weeks or sooner or later. Number two highlight, I saw my commercial. You're like, what? what? Okay, what commercial? The Sonic one? Where, no, no, no. Actually, I do like the Sonic commercials, though. I could go for a strawberry slushie right now with the exploding rock candy in it. Oh, man, that sounds that sounds perfect right now. Anyway, uh, thank you, Sonic, for distracting me. No, my commercials. So uh, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think, on the Low Blow, where uh, I had a film shoot. Uh, maybe it was a triple threat show. Either way, I had a film shoot on a Tuesday night commercial shoot, not really film. Uh, I was on set for a couple hours. I was one of three on-screen talents, and, and I do use the quotes around talents there, for a, a quit line commercial, an anti-smoking commercial. It's one in a series of Illinois state-based commercials of alternatives to smoking. And I got to be, I got to be a bad influence in this commercial, and I did it weeks ago. I knew they were editing it. I knew they were producing it, and it was going to make its appearance at some point, but I had been told by you know, the, the management of this commercial shoot that they'll let us know when it's up and running. When it's, when it's sent out to broadcast, when it's on the internet, they'll let us know. I hadn't heard anything. And then literally, Monday Night Raw rolls around. I'm just type, type, typing on my laptop. And then halfway through the commercial, I realize, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. Look up, boom. There's my ugly mug right there. Uh, and I literally catch myself at the end of my part. And then it goes into the rest of the commercial. But what an awesome time to discover that that I that my commercial's available. And, and no, the commercial's not the greatest thing in the world. It's the greatest thing in the universe. But no, it's like, I wasn't watching a different show on the USA Network. It wasn't, you know, during a commercial break, a modern family I saw this on. This wasn't when I was watching... The, the Oscars, I was I didn't watch the Oscars, uh, but you know what I'm saying though, of all the shows that it could randomly pop on, probably local programming, uh, it was Monday Night Raw, how, how freaking sweet is that, so that that jolted me, <laughs> woke me up a little bit, and uh, it was awesome, you can actually see that video on my socials that I gave you a little bit earlier on in the show, uh, so check it out if you want, and I'll cut you a deal. You say, you know what? I heard you mention your commercial on Wrestling Audio. I want a discount on your autograph. You and I will then negotiate price from there. I think that's pretty fair. And then the number one highlight from Monday Night Raw this week, and bear with me, it's going to sound confusing. If you're going to use Braun Strowman wrong, at least use him wrong right. Or use him wrong rightly. However you want to term that, Braun Strowman should be in a a bigger, more important match at WrestleMania. I think most of us would agree with that. There's some people that may think he's still not ready for that top spot. Even though the crowd's behind him, maybe it's good that they're taking their time with him a little bit. That's that's fun. I think he should be in the top spot or a top spot. He should be going. He should have had a more clear, defined direction 
more than a uh, month out from WrestleMania, I think we should have known uh, what what Braun was was up to at WrestleMania. However, supposedly the rumor is WWE didn't know what was going to happen with the steroid allegations and Roman Reigns. This way, if Braun is available, they don't have to change a whole bunch of different storylines. If Braun's just kind of hanging out, Roman has to go bye-bye for a bit. Braun's able to step up. Nobody's really going to complain about that. Now, I think WWE's got that confidence that Roman's not going anywhere, or at least will still be around for WrestleMania, so they're they're moving on with Braun, but IC title doesn't seem right. Moving him in with the triple threat IC title doesn't seem right. If they do an Andre the Giant Battle, m- Memorial Royal, whatever, okay, cool. But if Braun doesn't win that, then you better be damn creative as to why he doesn't win that. So so I think th- they were in a bad spot. They were in a tough spot of what to do with, with Braun Strowman. You know, if Undertaker really, really, really didn't want to wrestle, then Braun and, and Cena maybe. Or people thinking, hey, just continue on with Elias. Braun and Elias in another gimmicked match at WrestleMania. A lot of people, they like the idea. I've seen it pitched a few times on the internet. Mean, that doesn't throw me. We're already seeing the program now. And we've already seen a whole bunch of over-the-top gimmicks. I don't, unless you're putting everything in Elias's favor, I, I don't see how I would get excited for it. But anyway, they found a way with Braun Strowman wanting the tag titles. Braun Strowman, singular, an individual, wants the tag team titles. The Bar, they, they've gone through everybody on Raw. They actually even demanded a trade to SmackDown so they could find some competition for WrestleMania. But Braun Strowman looks like he is number one contender for tag titles. Will we get a, a tag partner? Will he be forced to have a tag partner at WrestleMania? We'll find out. Maybe even sooner than later. But for now, it's a two-on-one situation. And if you're going to use Braun wrong, use Braun wrong right. And that's 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 what they're doing. It's like, okay, I could see Braun the character going for tag team titles without a tag team partner. And he actually has a chance. That's that's the crazy part, is he has a chance. So, you know, the, I wouldn't say WWE completely redeemed Braun Strowman just hovering around doing nothing in the last month or two, but they've gotten him back on a right course. So uh, kudos to WWE for at least a fun idea for what's happening with Braun Strowman. Lowlights from Monday Night Raw this week being the Raw Tag Division. Not just because... You're, you all are losing your spots, most likely, to Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, but because there's just not a lot of exciting teams. I'm, I'm looking at the end of Raw and just seeing that we got the Revival and we got the Club and we got Titus Worldwide and, and this. There aren't bad teams. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's a bad roster, but you just look at it and there's no excitement. And maybe if the Hardys were there, there's a team to beat. There's there's somebody to set the bar, so to speak. It, but there there's nobody. There's nobody I, I think is wildly cheered to to really need that WrestleMania spot. Uh, it's a whole bunch of solid. I'm trying to think if there's another descriptive word here. Uh, just a lot of solid wrestlers in solid teams that aren't necessarily exciting and i know there's probably it could be offensive to some people like the revival i know a lot of people i love the revival i don't know if they're ready for that wrestlemania spot over some of these other people these other teams that have been around a little bit longer 
But maybe if the crowd was on fire for the revival, maybe like, okay, put them in that spot. Give them that opportunity. Shine that spotlight on them because, you know, the crowd is reacting. So, so let's do something with it. But we don't have any of those teams. Rhino and, and Slater, one of the few face teams there that people might want to cheer, but you don't really expect them to win that match. So the Raw Tag Division is pretty rough. At least the Raw Tag Division also acknowledged that there's a Raw, or excuse me, Superstar shakeup coming up sometime after WrestleMania. So, so, so maybe some of these teams can move elsewhere, and you don't you don't move the whole roster over because then you just have the problem on SmackDown. But uh, flip flop a little bit, and it's amazing. Change of scenery can do wonders for a team and the division. Uh, but but going into WrestleMania, I'm assuming most of these guys are going to be in a battle royal because. What else? Lumberjack match, maybe? Braun versus the other two. And those guys are at ringside, but sad but true. I mean, I like the club. You know, nerds, you know, their their little thing, but I I don't know if the crowd loves them enough to make them the the face tag team for the raw tag team champions at, at WrestleMania. Am, am I conveying this properly? I mean, it's, uh, maybe somebody else can explain it better than I can, or maybe you can argue my point. Maybe there is a, a match in here I'm not seeing, but... I'm also tired of all these different matches. Like, it looks like SmackDown's tag match is going to be a triple threat match. And then the IC title is a triple threat match. Looks like the U.S. title probably going to throw uh, Jinder Mayhall in there. So it'll probably be a triple threat match between them. And it's just, there's a necessity. There's a need to get all the stars, all the superstars on the on the WrestleMania card. So they get their WrestleMania paychecks, which is noble of WWE for trying it. But I, I guess I, I'm old school in the fact that some programs are just better than others and you should be able to just you know it sucks some guys are going to be left off the card sad but true but that's the way it was you got to work your ass off and if you didn't get on that wrestlemania card you got that chip on your shoulder that hopefully the next year you prove to fans to management maybe even yourself that last year i should have been on the card and here's why here's what you missed out on last year and this you know whatever Uh, so I, i guess i'm i'm concerned that this raw tag situation is going to bleed over to WrestleMania and it's not going to be that entertaining. That's, that's my concern. Moving on. Uh, number five, low light. No, the stupid SmackDown little pop-up graphics have spread to raw. Maybe they did it like a week or two ago and I just didn't notice, but I noticed with Braun Strowman. Oh yeah. I hit Elias with a piano and then a giant red piano flashes on the screen and oh yeah you're gonna get these hands and then get these hands pops up on the screen at the same time and it's <coughs> excuse me i i don't know it's distracting it's distra- some stars it might make sense to do that uh if you still damien sandow around who uh who is smarter than uh, our intellectual savior damien sandow it would be great if they put the words on screen spelled them out for us maybe even phonetically uh, you know, so we could follow along because we're dumb idiots. But a Braun Strowman promo talking about, I threw a piano on him. And then piano, bright red, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's also also the color that throws me off. Maybe if it was just like more of a brick red rather than uh, go see a doctor red, maybe it would be a little less distracting there. Number four, low light, Balor Mania, Rusev Mania, KO Mania, you know, all of these whatever manias would be a, a lot more effective if every single superstar didn't have their own hashtag. It's just a Balor Mania. Like, oh, yeah, after I win the IC2, it's going to be Balor Mania. I like Balor. I do. But 
I don't it's it's hard for me to get into anybody doing hashtag mania. The KO ones I'm okay with because he went with the old school logos and everything and KO Mania 2, KO Mania. There is a follow-up to that where Balor Mania probably won't have a follow-up. Even if he does win. <coughs> Excuse me again. Even if Balor does win the IC title at WrestleMania, and it is hashtag Balor Mania. Are we really expected to see hashtag Balor Mania again at WrestleMania 35? No, he'll he'll have whatever new t-shirt he's selling at that time. I don't know, just too many stars slash mania. Hashtag mania, whatever. It's, if a few did it, fine. But it seems like they all do that. All of them. WrestleMania? See? Hashtag WrestleMania. See? Now do that. Let's get that trending, everybody. Oh, it's so cool when the wrestlers do it, but when the jackass podcaster does it, not as fun anymore. Uh Uh-huh. I'm on to you. Number three. This is the first of two Kid Rock (laughs) lowlights. Number three lowlights. Kid Rock in any Hall of Fame. Wait, 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 wait. If Waffle House has a Hall of Fame, I could justify that. I could justify Kid Rock in the Waffle House Hall of Fame. But the WWE Hall of Fame, good God. Um, we knew it was coming. This isn't exactly surprising. We've talked about this on the podcast more than enough. Uh, but I'm not a fan of Kid Rock the musician, to begin with. Uh, Kid Rock the person, never met him. I I don't know. His, his whole run for Senate stunt lately kind of sours me as a person. No musician has entertained WWE audiences more than Kid Rock over the course of... I would disagree. I would say any artist has has entertained more than than Kid Rock. But I suppose back, you know, back in the late 90s, he he did all right. I suppose it was going to happen. I just need to deal with it. I know this is my problem. Second item about Kid Rock. Number two low light for Monday Night Raw. How does WWE not have an HD quality version of Bob to Bob to play during the package? I'm an audio guy. I've been doing radio for way too long. I love audio editing, audio engineering, I, so I hear this stuff where most probably don't, or you're just watching the clips, or you're listening to the voiceover. Uh, that was, that all that quality was fine. But Bob it to Bob, before like they moved on to American Badass and some of these other, uh, some of the other songs that he has, Bob it to Bob was a low res cover. It was not HD, and I know that's been re-released, or you could clean that up digitally. It was fine, but it was actually low res. I that distracted me. That distracted me so much that like you're inducting a musician in and you're using low res audio. Now, if you're inducting a wrestler from the 40s, from the 1940s and 50s and you don't have HD quality footage for obvious reasons, okay, that makes sense. But it's not like this is a song from the 40s or 50s that you got to restore on your own. No, no, no. There are higher qualities out there. Even my radio station plays a higher quality of Bob to Bob than, than they used in the promo. I don't know if they didn't have the rights or just somebody grabbed the wrong copy and then nobody noticed. I, I don't know, but hopefully by the next time I hear this promo, they, they've swapped it out because it was distractingly low res. I hear these things. I'm sorry. Number one low light from Monday Night Raw. Roman on an indefinite suspension. So, so this is to, for, for him to shock us next week. So when Brock shows up, but Roman's not supposed to be in the building because he's suspended, but when he shows up anyway and defies the authority, defies Vince McMahon, we're supposed to be like, yeah, Roman. 
I don't really think it's going to work out that way. That's why it's the number one low light is, um, I think it's just, to me, it's a little desperate that we're doing a, a suspension storyline for Roman before WrestleMania where he really hasn't done anything wrong. I mean, John Cena stole a kid's beer in the audience this week. Uh, Roman, all he did was call Vince McMahon a punk and that was it. It's just a weird storyline. Now, again, if it goes back to the steroids thing, okay, but they already assured us he's going to be at WrestleMania, so we can't get our hopes up there. Then he's, you know, going to miss. I don't know. It's just, it, it reeks of desperation to me, and, and it's probably going to work out to some people. That's what's what's sad about it, but I don't know. Brock hardly shows up to promote this main event, and now Roman is suspended. It's a weird way to sell a match that many of us already don't really care to see. It's it's weird. Three and a half lightning bolts out of a possible six is what I score Monday Night Raw this week. If uh, if I forgot anything, and I know I did, you can't cover it all. Uh, but if there's something that you think is deemed talk worthy that I did not talk about in Raw, uh, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, three news articles here, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. The short edition of the lightning strike. Hopefully, get back on track with some regular programs next week. When I do my news stories, unlike Greg, I I, I like to title mine. So I also know what I'm going into and whatnot. So my first one is didn't read the room. All right. So this is story number one here. WWE announced on Monday during Raw. So this was purposely left out of my high low list. Out of my high low list. So we can talk about it here. Monday night, WWE announced the first ever fabulous moolah. Memorial Battle Royal will take place at WrestleMania 34 with the female superstars of Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Most likely competing for a trophy like the Andre the Giant winners, uh, wrestlers do. Of course, the match, this match, the women's equivalent, named after WWE Hall of Famer and NWA Hall of Famer, the fabulous Moolah, four-time women's WWE women's champion and five-time NWA women's champion. However, reason why this is getting a bit more attention than WWE probably expected and not for the right reasons, the fabulous Moolah has been accused over the years of essentially being a pimp to younger women's wrestlers back during her prime, taking advantage of them, and uh, arguably screwing others out of work and pushes, among other allegations. And they have been pretty lively allegations for the last year, I would say. So fans have launched a change.org petition, which, how many of those have actually worked? I have to go back to that website and see, because there's so many stupid petitions out there, and most of them don't do a damn bit of difference but every once in a while they do so there's a couple change petitions change.org petitions one wants to have the name of the battle royal changed that one has uh as of earlier today about 3100 signatures and then there's another petition just to have the match canceled in general uh, entirely that has 3200 some uh, signatures already uh, as of earlier today so, so more people want to see the match canceled than renamed. I don't get that. I, I don't get that at all. So I um, I will rewind and point out that WWE probably should have been aware of this. But you know they've always loved the fabulous Moolah. They've you know they they've had a lot of tributes to her over the years. Who is a better person for this spot? I don't know. Maybe you have a name, uh, a, a legendary women's wrestler, who who would be a better suited for this. Maybe not. But WWE obviously doesn't believe any of these allegations. They are just that. To uh, you know, there have been people that say, "Oh, she did this," but they are indeed allegations. They are not crimin uh, criminally proven 
you know, uh, you know, fact. It's it's allegations. WWE is choosing to ignore the allegations at this point, at this time, and and honoring her and have the women honor her in this battle royal. They probably should have been aware of this, though, especially with the the hashtag Me Too movement and just uh, all of the different trends that are going on right now around Hollywood and sports and politics and, and, and everywhere, really. So it, it is odd that WWE would chance this. Maybe they are not even aware somehow, but they are chancing it. I think it's probably safer to just rename it rather than cancel it, because then what are the rest of these women going to do? A Lumberjack match, Lumberjill match. Uh, you don't, you, we already have like, what is it? Pay-per-view is going to be about six hours and then a two-hour pre-show. That's like eight hours of wrestling. And we still can't already fit, fit everybody in. I don't see how canceling this match and either taking them off the show, these women who have worked their ass off all year to be on the show, or putting them in other matches that have even less storyline and consequence and momentum. Uh, so I, I disagree with the 3,200 people that already that want it canceled. Don't Don't cancel it rename it if you have to, if you must. And I say if you must because I'm not opposed to the name. Did Moolah do bad things in the past? Maybe. I wasn't there. I don't know. They're allegations. That's that's the problem with this Me Too movement and, and the culture, the society that we're at right now, which could be a whole side rant. This could be a whole big show for me, but it's not going to. But they're just allegations. What happened to innocent till proven guilty? It's as soon as an allegation comes out, people jump on it, and nine out of ten times people believe the accuser. And in many cases, that's probably a good thing. But this is one of those cases that it may or may not be a good thing to jump on that bandwagon and now hate on the fabulous moolah. Can you also differentiate, and we've asked this on a previous podcast, can you separate the real-life person from the character? How how far does your praise or acknowledgement of the character go if the person behind that isn't as stellar as they could be? Everybody screws up to some extent. Everybody does. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, some people are able to recover from them. Some people are able to own up to them. Uh, some apologize for it. How much punishment does everybody need before you move on? You, know, you, you could probably look at and name so many movies. Like... So there was a band, The Lost Prophets. Balls would love this reference. The Lost Prophets in the rock world in the mid-2000s, they were decently big. Not a huge band by any means, but uh, Last Train Home, Shinobi vs. Dragon Ninja, Rooftops. Uh, They they had a couple hits uh, that did very well. I could still go back and enjoy those songs knowing that the frontman is a pedophile and is in jail right now. You know, The Lost Prophets will never ever be what they were at one point. Can I separate... The music from the man, yes. Because the man may be a horrible person, but he made some songs that I like. Is that wrong? Maybe. I'm sure some people say, yeah, that's very wrong. But it's tough. It's tough. I had a problem for many years with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, we talked about this on a former podcast. He he used to beat his wife. We're able to forgive that because, oh, he was stressed. Oh, it was, uh, but can we separate? Like, he, he would still entertain us on screen. Off screen, he had some issues. The Moolah thing's the same way. Uh, I, I think everybody's looking for a controversy, and they're trying to find one here where maybe they're right. Again, I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just, it, it to me, it's just an odd thing to worry so much about. And if they are wrong, 
it's a one-time fabulous Moolah thing, then you do rename it moving forward, or you never do this concept again moving forward. One and done, we don't dwell on it moving forward. That's that's my opinion. But I'm sure you have yours. And uh, if you again, if there's a counterpoint you want to bring up, please do so. So anyway, we'll see what happens there. Right now, it's still on. A couple days later, WWE's still promoting that. Story number two here, better prepared? Question mark. CM Punk indicated on his Twitter this week that his second MMA fight will take place in Chicago, his hometown, Saturday, June 9th at UFC 225. No word yet on who the opponent is. It's been rumored for a while that it's going to be Mike Jackson, who also has an 0-1 record. Good to see Punk getting back on his feet. Hopefully this confirmation is true because UFC hasn't confirmed this yet. But if it does happen, good to see him back on his feet. This one... This is the fight, to me, that's very important for CM Punk. If he wins, then his training for years, his storming out of pro wrestling, is not for naught. I mean, it's his passion, his his dedication to MMA is paying off. Of course, people are going to say, oh, well, they just spoon-fed him someone to get him back. It doesn't matter. He has a UFC MMA win uh, on his record. He gets to move forward. Conversely, if he loses to another 0-1 guy, if he goes to 0-2, and if this one isn't a drag-out fight where both sides get to look solid in CM Punk's loss, then CM Punk is probably done in UFC. I mean, if he flops with another, what, 48-second loss, Dana White's not going to bring him back. He's a name, but eventually names tarnish. I mean, Ronda Rousey was one of the biggest names in the world when it came to ultimate fighting. And now her name doesn't hold much. Overall, in a valid, real competition, Ronda Rousey fell from grace. You could argue CM Punk never had that grace in MMA, but if he goes 0-2 after two arguably embarrassing losses, that's that's not good. He, he can move on to Bellator, maybe a, a different promotion, possibly. But is it the same? No, I, he needs this win. He needs this win to be able to move forward. Now, I'm sure some people would hope he loses and maybe comes crawling back to pro wrestling. Still think that's a long shot. I think CM Punk needs to be in a happier place mentally to want to come back to pro wrestling, WWE or somewhere else. If that is the all-in event in September or not. And I think a win may help him out, get him back on track. I think if he can prove to himself that he was able to do this, and, and, and maybe he keeps going with it, but if he gets this win there is a satisfaction he's going to have mentally and spiritually uh, that he hasn't had in probably quite some time. And that's going to make him more tolerable and maybe even more open to the idea of coming back to pro wrestling. Maybe just for an appearance. I'm not saying he's coming back full time. No, nothing like that. But he needs this win. If he loses, and if he loses quickly again, then, then I say his MMA days are done. Maybe he's got a third fight in him for a small company that's willing to pay an absurd amount of money and probably take that loss on pay-per-view hits. Finally, the last article, Broken Jeff Hardy. You're like, no, no, it's Broken Matt Hardy. No, 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 Broken Jeff Hardy. I said it. I know what I said. Uh, Jeff Hardy arrested and charged with driving while impaired Saturday night uh, after crashing his 2016 Cadillac in Concord, North Carolina. TMZ reports that Jeff Hardy blew a blood alcohol level of 0.25 on his breathalyzer test, which is three times the legal limit. TMZ also notes that the DWI charge is a misdemeanor. 
WWE, in response, issued a statement saying, quote, Jeff Hardy is responsible for his own personal actions. We are investigating the matter and awaiting information from local law enforcement officials, end quote. So, should this prove true? Let's hope, let's hope it was like an intoxication, an influence of drugs that he was prescribed, something that he was told he has to, uh, you know, that he needs for his his ADD. I don't know. I, I'm really hoping it's prescription and this is a mix-up, because if it's not, it's not looking good for Jeff Hardy in the wellness policy. He's got two strikes on his record that do carry over. Uh, from his last stint th- to this one, from what I was reading somewhere. Uh, so so if this is a third strike, he's gone. He's, he's done, and that's a disappointing conclusion to Jeff Hardy's WWE career, probably because we really had a chance to see him hit the heights again. You know, he's a former WWE world champion, and, and he left on bad ner- uh, notes, bad terms last time, went to TNA, Really hit rock bottom, not because he went to TNA, but who knows? That could have been a contributing factor. Uh, But then he cleaned himself up, and WWE was willing to take him back, take Matt back, because after some stressful, dramatic times in their past, both of these guys were on the right path again, especially Jeff getting himself cleaned up and being responsible again. This doesn't sound responsible. Like WWE, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but... If it is anything that he can't write off from a doctor's note, then then he's, he's done. People are like, oh well, it's a misdemeanor. It's a you know, it's no big deal. And uh, and I do believe the wellness policy does have exceptions for alcohol and uh, and certain marijuanas, I believe. But the point is, this really puts even if if he's not done, even if Jeff Hardy is able to escape termination, should this investigation prove poorly for Jeff Hardy, then he's on thin ice. WWE is still going to be reluctant to to f- fully pull that trigger on Jeff Hardy because, well, he, he could s- slip up at any time. You know, he's already proven he's been back for a year now and he's already gotten one arrest under his record in this year. What's another one? You're also not going to want to put the, the, the world title on somebody who continually gets mugshots taken. So... You know, it's, it, it puts WWE in a bad spot. Even if he sticks around on the roster, he's going to have to to watch himself. He'll be under that spotlight, that magnifying glass once again. And yeah, maybe that forces him to, to stay on the straight and narrow. And maybe that's a good thing. But I, I can't imagine it ending well. WWE saying, oh, well, Jeff Hardy's responsible for his own personal actions. There are so many other instances where, uh, where, where I'm sure... I could argue this. The show's already going longer than I expected, so I won't do it. But there's so many other examples. Like, what? Well, WWE, you you were very quick to intervene on this one. Jeff Hardy could have killed someone in that car of his. I mean, thankfully he just like scraped against a railing for you know, hundred feet or something. Uh, you know, he could have killed someone being uh, influenced, intoxicated to some extent behind the wheel of a car. While while other issues WWE is quick to step in on, where it's not life-threatening just interesting again a top star wwe doesn't want it to be true they don't want to afford it being true so they're letting the investigation play out now i wonder did jeff call them before uh, before the news broke or did they have to wait for the news to do it because you know if he if he didn't tell them ahead of time then then enzo where you at dog you should be mad 
After years in rest, the Fast Count and Balls Asylum are back. I was dominating 95% of that match. Okay, okay, maybe 94, but that's me being generous, okay? Get exclusive access to these shows and more by visiting patreon.com backslash wrestling audio.